When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to a special edition of Stat Me Up for Anfield Index. So, ladies and gents, this is the first of a two-parter. The transfer window is open. Speculation is fervent. And to be honest, the Reds don't look like they're doing too much, do they, in all honesty? There's loans going in and out everywhere. But in terms of permanent transfers, it is all quiet on the Western Front. So, in the first of our two-part special... We'll be looking at transfers and specific positions. We believe the Reds may be looking to reinforce it. If not now, then the summertime for definite. So I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by the stat man himself, the renowned and the respected Ben Boxat. Ben, how are we? Yeah, I'm good. I apologise in advance for, for my voice. It's, it's not up to scratch at the moment, 100%. Unfortunately, we had a bit of a case of COVID, I think, in, in over the last sort of week or so. And I fell victim to that, but I'm feeling a lot better now. And, you know, the weekend result helped as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode. I think it's a good one. I've been preparing all week and, you know, just, just looking at the potential players and I'm excited to talk about them now, finally. Yeah, I, I think we could pretend our listeners and subscribers were interested in your welfare, Ben, but they're after the stats, they're after the targets and the analysis, aren't they? So, ladies and gents, we said it is the first in a, a two-part series, so we'll concentrate on sort of areas of the team specifically. So, for this one, this week, there's going to be a real defensive feel. And I think, me, we've talked about this, Ben, it makes sense that defence is likely, you never know, but likely to be the priority, especially with the players that we have, Joel Matip expected to leave. There's no sign, you know, with his injury, especially that he's going to be renewing. So a one short. And listen, we all see the social media comments and columns, whatever it may be. There's a lot of shout, shall we say, for Jürgen to go now, isn't there? But it doesn't seem likely. So let's talk ahead. I mean, Ben, we'll go sort of the key positions because, as you know, that the speculation's fervent and people have got their preferences. They'll know some of these players and think, yeah, that's the one I want type of thing. So if we start at centre-back, now you're going to have seen this as much as me. There's three names recently that, again, and for people jump up and shout, clickbait, whatever, that do just keep coming up in reports. 
and I'm, I'm almost going to split these because if we talk about one that's recurring, we'd have to talk about Ignacio at Sport in Lisbon. If we talk about one, to, to be fair, you flagged to me early doors in terms of a player for your potential that now the world seems to have woken up to and every team's being linked with in Yoro at Lille. And then if we have one that's almost new on the block, so to speak, but again, reports just sort of coming up, sort of gathering a bit of pace, also at Sporting, Diamande. So there's a there's a fair few centre-halves to profile there. So we kind of start in that order, Ben, because Inacio is one that stands out for me in the sense of it's a name that won't go away. It just keeps coming up time and time again, this Portuguese defender. Stats-wise, does that name reoccurring back up? Should we have him in our radar or do you think it is column inches? How does the stats or how do the stats profile with him? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a left-sided centre-back mostly. Um, so if we're profiling him up against Virgil van Dijk, which is, I feel unfair when we're profiling any <laughs> centre-back up against Virgil van Dijk just because of his quality. I think stats doesn't necessarily reflect a reason why Liverpool would be interested. And and, and the big thing that I flagged up, the big question mark about Inazio is his aerial duels. He wins mm. just 44% of them. Wow. The Portuguese top flight, um, which is, is really low. I think looking at the, the worst Liverpool centre-back for that metric, they're getting up to 65%. Yeah, uh, I think that's Jarrell Kwanza and he's he's around the 60 percent mark. So forty four percent is really quite low. But I think all the other things about Inazio, I like. I like the fact that he can play as a left back. He can cover yeah. that sort of left area really well. He, he's really good on the ball. You know, all those metrics. He stands out in the Portuguese league he's, he, as one of the best in terms of his ball playing abilities, progressive passes, and stuff like that. Um, for me, the question mark is just over the aerials, over his height. He's not the tallest. I think he's only 1.8 metres, so around six mm. foot. That's fairly short for for a centre-back in the Premier League. And I think when when you're coming up against, you know, tall physical players week in, week out in the Premier League, that's something that's a bit of a concern for me. Yeah, it's uh, there's not... It doesn't really follow that a Liverpool centre-back has a 44% aerial success because we know the type we operate the back with, that Virgil and Ibu, they're just giant behemoths to start with anyway, aren't they? They're so physical. Even Joel Matip, slightly different style, but just because of his pure height as well, always been good in the air. Even, I know you flagged this before, Joe, Joe Gomez has done really well there as well in that sense. So that height, 44%. And I think you've made a fair point there as well. It's not that anyone looks at the Portuguese league and looks at it as a physical league by any means as well. So there's a few red flags, I think it's fair to say there. But as you also mentioned, the ability to play in two positions keeps him sort of in the mix. It's understandable and his ability on the ball. The one that you flagged a while ago, now I've almost seen a lot of people say now, oh, Yoro's the one for me. And it just seems to have almost come from nowhere. And I'm going to be honest, my sort of knowledge on him is solely from you and then looking into it a bit more. I mean, it's been a while, though, since we last talked about him. Is your, or Are Yoro stats still headline-grabbing? Is this still a one to keep an eye on, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of him. I think 
probably all the top teams in Europe are, let's be honest. Like his stats are incredible. Uh, in the top five European leagues this season, he's won the most defense. He has the best defensive dual percentage. Wow. The best aerial dual percentage as well among center backs. Uh, so top two, the, the, probably the top two key metrics for a center back. Yeah. And he's top in both of those, which, which is incredible. And then if we're looking at league one specifically, he's also got the best pass completion rate. Wow. So, you know, in a lot of it, he ticks a lot of boxes. I think for me, the question marks of this one, he's so good already and he's so established already. Half of Europe wants him. Mm-hmm. Um, are Liverpool going to be willing to to pay, you know, 90 million, 70 to 90 million that, that's being talked about for him in this market for, for an 18 year old who's, who's only playing his first full season of professional football. And yeah. on top of that, I think, um, I mentioned that his pass completion rate is is really high. It's really good. But I do think at times, at the moment, he's a bit too safe on the ball. I'm kind, I, I kind of want him to to be more involved in the progressive passing side of things. You know, yeah. that area of his game is, is not quite there yet. Even though Lille, if, if we're looking at the French league, they, they have, I think, the second best uh, possession in in the French league behind PSG, so his side has a lot of possession, but I think he's not quite using the ball as effectively going forward as um, you'd expect a Liverpool centre back to, to to be doing, for example, like when you're comparing him to the likes of Van Dijk, Matip, and, mm-hmm. and Gomez. Although comparing to Gomez this season is a bit unfair because Gomez yeah. has a lot of his minutes uh, in in left and right back. But yeah, I think that's one area that. I wrote an article in Anfield Index about him and it kind of, it's it's flagged up to me because I think it's something that he could work on. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, that those metrics and almost dominating those stats at such a young age, which also means that, as kind of you alluded to there, we might, or Liverpool fans, it might be a new name for them, but it's definitely not going to be a new name for Europe's big boys. And that also means, unfortunately... Are you that person who has everything? the coolest merch and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. The transfer fee, as you said, is going to head northward of where Liverpool like to, to go, shall we say, and other big players are going to come into the mix in that regard. And it's also like you said, Liverpool have a sweet spot in terms of amount. They also have a sweet spot in terms of sample size, don't they? They usually like it's 100 to 200 appearances before they make the move across the top league. This is his first season. And yes, he is smashing it by all accounts. There's no two ways about it. But with the fee and the risk, yeah, it, it might be a, a wishful thinking one possibly, but we'll see. We'll see obviously how that develops in the summer. And then the other name that 
it just it's come up recently from from nowhere all of a sudden, but it, it keeps being repeated by a lot of people. Diamande, Inacio's colleague at Sporting Lisbon. I, I'll be honest, I've never seen the player, know nothing about him, not even going to pretend. But what do we know from a stats perspective about Diamande? Well, I think what we know reportedly is is that Liverpool have been watching a lot of sporting games this mm. Liverpool scouts. And for me, if I'm looking at his statistics, Diamande feels like a typical Liverpool signing almost. He's kind of just this under-the-radar gem that's not being talked about as much as maybe the other players, but he's equally as impressive. I mean... Um, I was just looking at his metrics. He's he's got the third best defensive dual success rate in the league, seventy five percent. That's really high. The fourth best when it comes to aerial duels as well, sixty two point five percent. Not the highest when when we're looking at Liverpool players, but mm. but in the league, he's he's fourth best among centre backs. So it's still really high. Yeah. And, um, what stands out to me is that he's also quite effective on the ball, which maybe Lenny Yoro doesn't quite have in his game. Um, so. He averages the second most dribbles per 90. Um, he's really good at sort of bringing the ball forward, very composed on the ball. Um, and on top of that, um, he also has the best pass completion rate for centre backs wow. who average 50 passes per 90. So, you know, he's he's got that composure about him. He's comfortable on the ball, um, wins a decent amount of aerial duels. He's good defensively as well. He, it just seems like he ticks more boxes for Liverpool at the moment than than even Lenny Yoro. I think he's more of a complete player, which you expect him to be, you know, because he is yeah, older. But for me, I, I'm I'm a big fan of him. I, I really like him, and I think he could be, you know, that that sort of under the radar gem, the sort of Konate signing, the sort of Sobose signing, who no, the rest of Europe isn't really looking at, but it turns out to be a really good pickup for Liverpool. Do you think then, I mean, based on that, because Euro's the, the headline grabber at the moment, so to speak, and a lot of Europe will be well-versed in Inacio's talents and what he brings. Do you think, based on that, Diamandes are more, and maybe this is the way I'm phrasing it, but a more Liverpool-type signing because that gem under the radar, probably think they can get him at a, a decent-ish fee, so to speak. Do you think, out of the three, if I make you put your neck on the line, does he seem a bit more likely, shall we say? Yeah, I mean, if I could compare it to last summer, Yoro feels like the Bellingham signing. You right. Know, and Diamande maybe might be the more of the Soboslai or McAllister sort of mm. signing. Um, yeah, I think just because the data is really good for him and, um, you know, he's still young. And I know he has a 70 million release clause, but, Sporting, I think, might be willing to do business for less. So, yeah, I think all of those things point towards, if, if we're talking about these three players, Diomande being the likeliest at this stage to come into Liverpool. Interesting. And th- though I should say, those are the three that we're hearing, or there's a lot of reports around. Is there any other sort of centre-backs that when you're looking at these, the stats, that even if we're not sort of hearing their name linked with Liverpool, you're thinking they do fit in Liverpool's profile in terms of what they bring, the style, the stats-wise, that you wouldn't be surprised if they were at least on the list, shall we say? I, I Well, he's actually someone who has been linked, Koei Takora. I, I wanted to sort of flag him up because 
It's coming from a fairly reliable source in Fabrizio Romano, who said Liverpool scouts have been watching him. And yeah. I, I like his stats. I think he's, again, really composed on the ball. Um, his pass completion rate is really good. He makes a lot of forward passes, progressive passes in the Bundesliga. And on top of that, he's someone who can play left and right-sided centre-back, which I think Liverpool need. Yeah. He's got a goal threat about him as well. Um and you know, I think he scored two goals in in seven games in the Bundesliga so far this season. So he, he's 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 got kind of ticks a lot of boxes, but he also comes with a lot of question marks as well. Um, if we're talking about Inazio's aerial duels, Itakora's is around the fifty percent mark. So right. Again, he's a bit of a enigma, I think, for me because he scores goals from set pieces. But his aerial dual percentage defensively is, is not. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Not not as high as you would want it to be. And and on top of that, the, the injury problems as well is a, is a bit of a concern because he's missed a, I think he hasn't played since October or November now. In the right. Days. He's missed quite a chunk of the season. He's a bit of a doubt for the Asian Cup if he's going to be 100% fit for that for mm-hmm. Japan. And, um, he's had a few injuries in the past as well. So I think he's the one that I kind of wanted to flag up because Fabrizio Romano has hinted at Liverpool being interested in him, has said that we've watched him. And um, stats-wise, he is interesting, but I think he comes with more question marks rather than answers for Liverpool. And I think it depends. He could be the sort of, if I can compare it to last summer again, he might be the sort of Gravenberg signing where there's some sort of raw potential in him and he's useful because he can play in multiple positions. And um, Fabrizio Romano sort of said that there, there might be a release clause for him that's activated in the summer. And if that release clause is something that we think is a decent price, then then we might go for it just because he's he's got that utility player aspect to him. Yeah, it was it will be interesting. I think one thing's for certain: Liverpool are going to get a player in the summer who can play centre half. I mean, again, gut wise, because we talked about a few of those players. Some can play left back, you know, different things. Do you think is that a fair point that a lot of fans are saying that? Do you think it will be a sort of an outright centre back specialist, or are you more expecting Liverpool to go down a route of a player that can play, like I said, a few positions, even if it is left sided and right sided centre back that way? I think I think it's going to be an out and out centre back. 
primarily. I think that's going to be Liverpool's first option, but I wouldn't be surprised mm. if Liverpool go for that sort of utility player as well, just because I I don't I, I don't think Matic will get his contract extended, and even if he does, yeah. I I don't think Liverpool will be looking at him as a long term option. So um, I think there will be a direct replacement for him, and then potentially Liverpool, if if there's money left, they could look at a more sort of utility player who can cover a few multiple positions. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. And I mean, another spot we've got to talk about now, and especially, well, unfortunately, with Trent's injury that's announced today, his knee's out for, for three weeks. And yes, Gomez can cover Connor Bradley. We're hoping he does well in this interim period. But a lot of people have talked about a right-back, haven't they, Ben, naturally with the option of even Trent, especially wanting to play further forward, being moved into to midfield. I mean, that's been almost the the hot topic all season, isn't it? Trent right back, inverted, all those types of things. But the only real name you see, and, and I wouldn't say it's a hot link by any means, but I've seen it a few times and a few sort of subscribers have pointed this out. Jermaine Frimpong at Leverkusen, he's a name that keeps coming up. Now, again, I won't pretend I'm an avid watcher, but a lot of clubs seem interested in this player at the same time. I mean, Frimpong, right back, does he profile as a... He can never be Trent, don't get me wrong, but does he profile as a Liverpool player, would you say? I mean, if we're comparing him to Trent, you know, in terms of profile, he I think he's very different. Um, he's more of a direct, sort of old-fashioned, traditional fullback. Right. Um, someone who likes to sort of get bomb down the wing, almost. He averages around two or three dribbles more per 90 than Trent. Um, wow. So that, that's quite a lot. Um and I think just he also loves to just cross the ball in and more sort of directly influence the play rather than the way Trent plays, where he cuts into the middle or you mm-hmm. know, even before he started inverting, he was creating a lot of chances with his distribution and his passing. Frame pong is more of a get the ball and run type of player, whereas Trent was right. get the ball. And, and and look for a pass or yeah. or look for something for 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 an opening. Whereas Frimpong is bomb down the wing, cut in or cross the ball in. Um, so it, so basically score or assist. And and because of that, his numbers are quite high. I mean, in this Leverkusen system, he's almost playing like a winger rather than as a fullback. And 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 that's why his numbers are even higher than they were before uh, under Chabi Alonso. And I think. Yeah, I, I think if it were to come in, Liverpool would have to tweak or adjust the system again. Yeah. It, 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 there would have to be some sort of configuration because I don't know how well he could complement Salah and the, you know, Soboslay being That's on that, that side. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, you, you want Trent Alexander Arnold probably play, playing on the right side in midfield or as well. So, how do you fit all of those players? It almost seems gluttonous to have that many, that much talent on that right side, you know. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't quite seem to to fit, especially when we've seen Joe Gomez go there and it's looked balanced, particularly. I suppose the only other thing on right backs are there any other right backs you think may well be on Liverpool's radar, even if they're not being talked about that much at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I kind of. Uh... In my own research, one that I really like is Amar Bedic at Red Bull Salzburg. He's he's their captain at only 21 years old. He's got nine wow. contributions. 
And the reason that I like him the most is because he can actually play right and left back. And he's been doing that this season uh, several times. So he can flip between the two sides, which I think would be really useful for Liverpool. Red Bull link um, there as well. So I think he might be someone to watch. And it's just impressive the fact that he's been captaining them in the Champions League at such a young age. I mean, Red Bull is a young team, but still they've got some more experienced players who could have been given the armband. So... I think he's one to watch. And then kind of, you know, when you're looking at the profile of Trent, I, I kind of did a sort of Y Scout search, looking at fullbacks with a high number of progressive passes, a high number yeah. of chances created, expected assists and that kind of thing. And Y Scout, this one player that I kind of flagged up on, on my research was another Salzburg player who's playing for Liefering and their under-19 youth team called Mark Jiwogian. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but yeah, he's he's someone who's quite interesting because he's averaging a high volume of progressive passes, similar number of crosses per 90 as Trent. He's got a bit more, he's got a similar sort of creative threat as Trent as well. And obviously it's a small, smaller sample size compared to Trent because yeah. there's only data from um, the second Austria second division and the UA for Youth League. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. But he's someone interesting and you know, I, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but the last time I did this stylistic sort of search for, for a trend, mm successor that the person that I flagged up was a certain right back playing for Aberdeen at the time who was pretty much looked like Trent Alexander-Arnold just playing in Scotland and and that was obviously Calvin Ramsey who ended up signing for Liverpool I think six to nine months later when I first wrote that article for Liverpool.com back in the day so um, yeah he might be one one to watch. Interesting yeah Liverpool I mean, Jurgen Klopp loves a player that can play right back and left back as well. So that would be valuable. Yeah, maybe we might be tuning into a few more Salzburg games in the near future. And probably this one. Now, this is the one that I think people would see say least likely. But you never know with Robbo getting older, Simicast, you know, the injuries, that type of thing. But there's no real quotable, I'd say, left backs. We've talked about players that can play left back and centre back as a dual. But any sort of 
left backs you think could be on Liverpool's radar based on what sort of Robertson, Simicast provide at the moment? Well, I think Anthony Robinson has been sort of linked, but mm. I think I've sort of shot down those links. That might have been just agent talk. I think he's someone who's, who's decent. You know, he's. I think right this season he's averaging. Uh, oh no, he has the most interceptions in the Premier League out of any yeah. player. So, so that's quite impressive. Um, I think he's decent going forward as well. But the sort of thirty-five million pounds is—is is that something Liverpool are going to pay when you know they they paid out for Graven Birch and McAllister and McAllister was won a World Cup, whereas Robinson has just been decent in a, a decent yeah. in the Premier League. So I don't know if Liverpool were would be willing to pay that kind of fee. Another one, I mean, this might be just wishful thinking, but you know, Alfonso Davis is entering the last <laughs> months of his contract at, at Bayern Munich. His mm. his contract expires in twenty twenty five. Um, I think there's been a few murmurs that he might be looking for a new challenge. I mean, Liverpool have done quite a bit of business with Bayern Munich recently as well with Thiago yeah. and Sadio Mane. So there is precedence for it. I, I'm just going to, you know, sort of leave that out there. But I think that is probably wishful thinking. I, I don't think that will happen, but it is interesting. Yeah, I think everyone's got the feeling that's renewal or Real Madrid, one of the two, beckoning. But we'll have to say, yeah, I mean, the, the defensive options, one thing we all know, Liverpool are going to strengthen the defence in the summer. They're going to have to, aren't they, realistically, because of what's happening. So it will be one to see. And whilst we're talking about defensive options, it makes sense to talk about probably the position, I think, if we're honest, Ben, most people want strengthen the most. Most people think, if we got a six, a top class number six, and when we say that, a specialist as well. So we are going to talk about sort of specialists who can play that number six role. Now, there's players linked to before anyone jumps on this, we're not talking Decore because Decore's got a long-term injury now as well, hasn't he? Four people jump on that. Obviously, we had the complications trying to negotiate with Palace in the summer. So we're not going to talk Czech Decore, but the two names that have come out in recent times or are being repeated, I think it's fair to say, is Kamara at Aston Villa, their number six. And I could be pronouncing this wrong. The Dutch player, I think it's Mats Viva, is pronounced as well. Those are the two sort of names that keep coming up. What can you tell us about those two, Ben? Do they match up stylistically, do you think, stats-wise, to what we might be looking for in a number six? Well, I think Kamara for me, doesn't necessarily. I think if we're, we're just basing it on what Fabinho was doing for Liverpool, I think mm. for me, he, he doesn't necessarily fit that profile or even just comparing him to Vitaro Endo this season, I, doesn't quite match. But Matt Weaver, on the other hand, if, if we're looking at what we really want from a holding midfielder, which is with a high amount of defensive duels, so at least over 60%, cover a lot of ground and be able to read the play and intercept passes and anticipate moments where you can break up the opposition's counter-attacks. Weefer kind of ticks all of those boxes. So he's won 65% of his defensive duels in the Eredivisie, which is decent. Yeah. Um, you know, on top of that, last season, he averaged the most uh, possession-adjusted interceptions in, in the league. Uh, again, he's up there, sort of over eight, around eight or nine uh, possession-adjusted interceptions. So that's really high again. Um, and he does cover a lot of ground as well. If you look at his heat map, it's it's red everywhere, which is what you want to see. Wow. 
from, yeah. from a holding midfielder. Um, he kind of ticks all of those boxes. He's relatively young as well. He, he's tall. He's got that sort of Fabinho look about him and in, in the way he moves around on the pitch. Um, I quite like him. I mean, obviously, um, we brought in Cody Gakpo and I think he's set yeah. pretty decent from coming in from the Eredivisie. Obviously, there's you know, he had the unfair expectations of being compared to Roberto Firmino. But I think overall he's done he's done well so far in his Liverpool career. And I think that might help us in terms of being more open to doing business from from, from that division. Um there's the Pep Linders connection. I mean, he would probably love as many Dutch players as possible at the club. Yeah. So he wouldn't complain. And I think I, I quite like Wefa and I think if Liverpool are going to to be looking at that market he's the one who sort of stands out at the moment as a sort of typical Liverpool signing because he's not as highly valued not that many clubs are in for him you know he's not the highest rated of players but sort of good under the radar and he's got a bit of a could be a bit of a rough diamond really Uh, but I do want to highlight like Vitario Endo is doing a good job and on top of that we've got Stefan Bajsertic coming through and I think Liverpool obviously being very careful with the his situation, his his injury, sort of his growing problems. But yeah. if Liverpool can get him back, you know, to the level that he was at last season, then I'm I would sort of wager that we don't even need a holding midfielder because we've got Endo for the present, who's thirty and he's got the experience, and you've got Bicetic for the future. Who's, was really impressive last season and I think he's got a lot of potential about him and if he can get to the form that he was in last season, um, you know, maybe he won't get that this season. But next season, I think Liverpool don't want to be taking up his potential playing time and you'd rather build on him, sort of almost like Liverpool built on Jao Konza this season mm. rather than spend, I don't know, 30, 40 million on, on UEFA. I think it just makes sense because I think I really like Bicetic and I think he's got a lot of potential and a bright future ahead of him. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, maybe this holding midfield position is not, because of how Endo has played recently, is not sort of set in stone for Liverpool anymore. Interesting, which I know there'll be some people screaming and disagreeing with you wildly, which probably then leads to the, the final question because you've kind of, for you, thinking not number six. So I suppose it comes down to, if we focus on defensive ones for, for part one, centre-back, right-back, left-back, which of those positions do you expect, or if you had to bet, think Liverpool will strengthen this summer? Well, I want to clarify, everything depends on Bicetic's recovery, because if, if he's still struggling towards the end of the season, then I think that changes the picture and that's when we might yeah. see someone like Bifa come in. So I'm not ruling out a holding midfielder just yet, but I think the first priority is is, is, is a centre-back and I think I'm expecting Matip to leave. I kind of want him to leave. I know that seems sort of harsh because he's injured and might be a bit cruel, but I think it's, it's time, time for him to go. He's been brilliant this season when he was fit, but yeah. unfortunately the injury problems... Um, and you know Liverpool. This is Liverpool 2.0 now. We need to yeah. the future um, and, and not look back to the past. So for me, a matter replacement, um, it, it should be the priority. Ideally, someone who could also play left-sided centre back. But 
I think overall, uh, because Kwanzaa has done it so well this season, that might not be as much of a priority anymore. Um, and then after that, I think potentially, you know, if if we're not going for a holding midfielder, potentially a right back just out of these defensive options, because I think mm. there might be some other priorities elsewhere, yeah. which we'll cover in part two, but potentially a right back, because for now, I think unless Kostas Simikas starts to to get an itch for wanting to leave in the summer, I, I don't think left back is a priority. And I don't see, like like we mentioned, there's not a really exciting left left back who Liverpool should go for or, or a sort of under the radar gem who's doing really well in Europe who Liverpool could target. So I think right now we're happy as it is with, with Tim Akas, who is really good and Robertson. Yeah. When he's fit, he's still one of the best left backs in the world. Nice. Yeah. And ladies and gents, just for everyone's thinking, where's all the talk about other players? As we said, it is a two part special that we're doing. So we will look at everything advanced, shall we say, of the number six. But this week, the focus was on, as we say, the defensive position. So anywhere across the bat line and that specialist number six. You may agree, you may well disagree with me and Ben. But hopefully that has provided you as normal as we try on Stat Me Up, the insight into certain transfer targets and who might be on the radar. So all that leads me to do as normal is say, Ben, thanks very much for the stats, the time and the insight. Much appreciated. Yeah, pleasure as always. I really enjoyed it. Good stuff. And next time for part two, tune in to Anfield Index as normal. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.